Good morning and welcome to Momentum Matters. My guest today is Peggy Lee Wright. Um, Peggy Lee Wright is a former U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot. And if that is not badass, I do not know what is. Um, she served in the 82nd Airborne Division in Honduras, Central America, and in Fort Lee, Virginia. Following her military career, Peggy Lee used her experience in Department of Defense, Logistics, Leadership Management, Behavior Analysis, and Education to create a new approach to business development, ultimately establishing the company you keep in 2019. The company is a woman-owned, veteran-owned business and consulting firm. As the company founder and president, Peggy Lee harnesses the true power of Huntsville synergy across government, industry, academia, nonprofit, and military enterprises to create measurable impacts for all involved. Within industry, the company's clients include both large and small businesses across the Department of Defense and commercial enterprises within Huntsville and the D.C. area. For education, the company is leading the development efforts in the support of the Alabama School of Cyber Technology and Engineering, America's only high school focused on cyber resiliency in the engineering life cycle and located right in Cummings Research Park here in Alabama. Most importantly to Peggy Lee, she is an active, she is active in several nonprofits within the Huntsville community. She is on the boards for the health establishments at local schools. Huntsville SOF Network, the Fantasy Playhouse Children's Theater and Academy, while also ensuring the company gives back to several necessary nonprofits in Huntsville. She is the mother of four incredible kiddos, and Peggy Lee has been married to her husband, TJ Wright, for 27 years. So, Peggy Lee, I do not know how you do all of this. <laughs> but this is something that we want to know. Absolutely. want to know um, how, first, how you got to this point, but also how do you manage to keep it all together and look so stunning <laughs> in the process? Well, um, <laughs> I'm excited to talk not only with you, April, today, but um, to reach your audience and and because I'm not the only woman out there that's doing all these things. You know, that's what we women do. We're able to evolve and wear multiple hats. So um, I'm excited to be able to just uh, give an inkling into what it is um, I do here in Huntsville and in the state of Alabama for your audience. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we are, we're excited to get this um, talk started. So if I remember correctly, when we met, we met at the Yellowhammer Awards, where you were recognized as a woman of impact. So congratulations. And so were you, my friend. Yes, we were. Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was exciting at that time to, to read about your, um, to read through your bio. And, uh, you know, I think during our conversation, you let me know that you grew up in North Carolina. Is that right? You have a great memory. I sure did. Well, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about about how you grew up and how you I mean, did you always think you were going to go into a military career? Yeah, that's a that is a spot on question. So I grew up um, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, right outside of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, literally Fort Bragg, North Carolina, which is uh, one of the largest army uh, uh, posts that we have. 
um, in the United States and in the Army in, in general was our backyard. Uh, my father was uh, a military veteran of 30 years. He had served in not only the Korean War, but the Vietnam War. Both of my brothers went into the military and it seemed like fate that I was going to go in, but I surprised everyone at age 18 and I went to school in New York um, and just kind of had an adventure for four years going to college in New York and um, really figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it wasn't until after I was done with college um, and was working in New York City um, the first desert storm had had uh, happened, and I went home to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, to see friends and family, and to see some troops off to go to that first desert storm. And that's when it hit me that I needed to, I needed to fulfill my destiny, which was getting back into the military. And so that's what sent me on the journey to be a pilot. And what were you studying in school in New York? So I was a communications major in undergrad and then an education uh, master's um, uh, afterwards. And so uh, I've really always been interested in, you know, getting a message out. I've been very interested in getting all types of people to work together. Education has always been at the forefront of what I thought was important. Um, but at that time, um, I felt that it was my duty uh, to my country because of how I grew up, um, that I needed to give back to my country. And so um, I went through an ROTC program while I was getting my master's. And um, when I graduated with my master's, I also became commissioned as a second lieutenant in the army and went to flight school. And it wasn't until after I had done my um, eight years in the military um, as an officer and uh, things like that, that when I got out, I started kind of expanding that and taking the knowledge that I'd learned in the military and how can I input that into the civilian sector. That is, um, <laughs> this is pretty impressive, Peggy Lee. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about your family. Um, so you mentioned your father and your brothers. Um, how, they, they must have had a profound influence on you in, in that military sense. But also, I'm kind of curious as to how your your parents, your siblings, or anyone that was pivotal to your um, developing some of these leadership skills. Uh, how did how did that evolve for for little Peggy Lee? And yeah, that, I love these questions. That's awesome. So my my dad and my my two brothers were huge huge um, impacts on me, not just professionally but personally. Um, my dad did 30 years in the military. He received multiple Purple Hearts for his service in two wars. And when he got out, he continued to be of service to the country, just not in uniform. And I and I share the story with a lot of people that I feel like my dad, his next service um, that he did for the community was adopting me. I, I was adopted. Um, my dad actually adopted me from a... a another military family um, that um, had fallen on hard times and knew that there was no way that I was going to be able to uh, have the life that I should have if um, if he didn't do so. And so my dad, even though he had served 30 years, was older, had two sons of his own, um, thought it was important to give me a family. 
And so from very early on, I realized what service meant because my dad was serving not only in the military as he did, but he was now serving the world, the community, his family, um, and serving me. And so from the very beginning, I look at that as service um, to your community. And he taught me that giving back and doing something that's bigger than you um, is truly what's important. So that was really the beginning of my journey. From the very beginning, I knew that um, that I was gifted this family. And so my dad continued to kind of show that to me throughout my life. He did that for myself and for my siblings, that no matter what we did in life, even if it was as simple as um, helping a neighbor across the street, whatever we did, we needed to do with a sense that things were bigger than us and that, yes, we were important as individuals, but how we as individuals impacted the greater good is truly what was important. And so I think that that was why naturally my brothers went into the service. Um, I fought it. I was the rebellious, you know, only girl, you know, that, the, you know, the princess of the family, I fought it, but um, uh, internally, I think, but in the end, it was definitely uh, the path that um, I needed to be on and did such great things for me. So I thank my dad for that big time. Yeah. What an amazing man. He was he, a truly amazing man. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your time um, in a helicopter. Yeah. So <laughs> um, my time, you know, in the military in general is probably one of the the uh, things I've done in my life that I'm most proud of, other than being, you know, a, a parent um, and a wife. Um, but it truly uh, made me feel that sense of giving back that my dad had had been instilling in in me and in my siblings uh, our whole lives. Um, I went into flight school thinking this was going to be really cool, and it was. Um, but there was a, uh, an incident that happened that really kind of changed the trajectory of how I was going to lead in the military. And it wasn't just flight school and the rigor of flight school and the camaraderie of the folks that that I flew with, um, it was my first duty station that when I showed up, I showed up um, to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, All-American, HUA, and uh, went in to meet my, my company commander. And in the military, when you walk in, um, at least back then, um, in the 90s, in the early 90s, when you would walk into, you know, a company headquarters, you would see their organizational chart. And on that organizational chart, it would usually have, you know, like if it was the, the company headquarters, it'd have a picture of the company commander and then, you know, his staff and fat, you know, his staff underneath that and then platoon leaders and so down, you know, like the, the pyramid. And, you know, met him and saw his org chart and that's great. Went and met the battalion commander, went through the same thing with the org chart and then the different company commanders and all that and, and met him. And I thought that was fantastic. And then I go in to meet my first brigade commander. And uh, before walking in, I see his org chart and his org chart was completely different. He had it flipped upside down to where the top of the org chart was every soldier that he had in his entire brigade. And then underneath that, were platoon leaders and platoon sergeants and then company commanders and then battalion commanders. And at the very bottom was him. And uh, he asked me if I understood what it meant. And I was like, well, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I was a young second lieutenant, very interesting, but no, I don't know why you have it like that. 
And he said, this is a visual reminder to myself and anybody that walks in my, into, into my office that what's at the top is what comes first and it's the soldiers. And this is why we do what we do every day. And if you can remember that every day, you're always going to do the right thing, Peggy Lee. But the day you forget that those soldiers are the number one priority is the day you need to think about doing something else. And so that really set me on a trajectory of um, in the military in terms of making sure that every single soldier, every single colleague, every single person that I had contact with, I needed to make sure that I made them feel known and nurtured and cared for because at any moment we were going to go off and do things together um, that we needed each other's back. And so that really changed how I have attacked everything in my life, whether it's as a officer in the United States, as a parent, um, as a wife, as a business owner, um, as a boss now for my employees. Um, it just truly has been a visual for me that in everything I do, I think about that uh, several times a day when before I have an interaction. So um, Sounds like so he was a lot like your dad and that, that he was. I've been very so blessed. Yeah, I've been very blessed in, in my earlier years. Um, I was blessed with some great men that were not afraid to put women um, at an equal position. And I'm thankful for that. I grew up in a household filled with men. I chose a career in the beginning of my career that was all men. Um, and I loved it. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I've been blessed with those men that um, that were comfortable in helping to elevate me. Um, because now um, I'm able to show that not only to my daughters, but to my sons. And I'm able to impart that not only to women, but also to men um, now. And so um, I really feel like that has um, that has been a huge uh, benefit. Uh, for me early on in my career to be able to now take that and do for do for others. Absolutely. Did you um, when you were in flight school was were women at that time allowed to fight in combat? Uh, only if you only if you were in aviation. So at that time, I went to flight school um, in uh, nineteen ninety six is when I was in flight school. I was commissioned in 1995. And so in 1996, in the uh, military, um, you women could go into combat, but only if you were a pilot, which is why I chose it um, and competed for it. Because um, I figured if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go big or go home, right? Um, and it uh, so when I went to flight school um, and when I showed up at the 82nd Airborne, there were only a handful of women. Um, and those women were... Uh, inspirational um, to me um, because they had come before me or they were to my right and left with me. Um, and it was amazing. And it was an incredible experience um, to be part of something like that when it was a novelty um, for women to be in those positions. So really proud of it and really thankful to have had the opportunity. Did you have challenges um, within that experience with any of your male peers who resented you being there or did I didn't, I didn't, I was really blessed. Um, I walked into, you know, whether it was flight school with our instructor pilots and back then our instructor pilots were mostly Vietnam veterans, which was very cool. 
Um, but I walked into whether it was flight school or any of my duty duty stations with the attitude of um, I can do what you can do and you can do what I can do. Now, let's see who can do it better. Um, and it, it, as long as uh, um, there was that mutual respect and I'm here to do the same job that everybody else is, um, I it was wonderful. I never had any negative experiences in terms of um, any of my time. Um, in the military. And I feel like I, that was a blessing. I feel like my dad had trained me upright. Um, and I had uh, really met some incredible people. Um, but no, no, no challenges that way. I think the biggest challenges that I had as a woman in the military were challenges that I put on myself. And I think we all do that. Um, I think that we know that we are going to be met with some challenges, whether we feel them, whether they are challenges that are happening you know, in the whispers behind us, you know, are we going to be uh, smart enough, fit enough? Are we going to have the grit that's enough to be able to do things, whether that's in the Department of Defense sector or in the commercial sector? It doesn't matter. I think as women, we put that pressure on ourselves to compete um, because we are sometimes challenged. My experience of not being challenged does not mean that it doesn't happen. Um, and so, um, I think we put some challenges on ourselves as well that uh, um, that make us better, but we do put a lot of weight on our shoulders as women um, to be better um, than those that may want to challenge us from time to time. We definitely do that. Um, I, I'm reminded <laughs> of a speaker that was at our, um, she was a keynote speaker at the 2018 Momentum Conference here in Birmingham. She was a fighter pilot for the Navy. I think she was the first, the first one to fly in combat for the, the U.S. Navy, Carrie Lawrence. Amazing. And yeah, she was an amazing speaker. And um, one thing that super stood out in her, her keynote was she said, you know, everybody in their life is going to have this moment. If you haven't had it yet, you're just blessed. But it is going to happen at some point. There's going to be a time in your life where a cinder block comes out of nowhere and hits you in the face in the form of a challenge. And it's not uh, it's not what it does to you. It's how you get back up, you know. Absolutely. From that Absolutely. And, and so I'm, I'm curious. It doesn't sound like you had like those kind of challenges around being a woman in the military. But, you know, if you think back through your life, like what would you say? is, is that cinder block moment for you? Um, oh, I've had a few. Um, and you know, I learned from a mentor early on in my career. Um, we call that embracing the suck, <sighs> embrace the suck. And when you're hit with a cinder block, um, when you're hit with a challenge, what are you going to do? Because if you don't embrace it, if you don't wrap your arms around the challenge or the cinder block or whatever it is that's making your life suck at that moment, if you don't wrap your arms around it and learn to be comfortable in it, it's going to embrace you. And if that challenge embraces you, it's going to suck you dry and beat you down. But if you embrace it and learn to go through the challenge, let yourself feel the emotions that go with that challenge embrace it as if I'm going to react to this and learn from this and be better from this. Um, you can end up overcoming it and actually end up loving the suck that you just now went through because it makes you better. And so that's how 
I have embraced those challenges in life and, and I've definitely had plenty. Um, but it's just, I think in the same way, um, that, uh, the Navy commander described it. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you and how you overcome it and get past it. And now how am I going to use what happened to me to help the next person? Because the next gal next to my left or right doesn't need to go through what I went through if I can help her out of that. And so um, that's kind of how I do it. I embrace the suck. And my kids will tell you if they come to me with a problem or if we're having kind of the, oh, woe is me. I need to have a little time here. Um, I let them have a pity party for all of a few minutes and then it's time to embrace the suck and what are we going to do to move past it? So um, that's my philosophy. So I love that, that the Navy commander had the cinder block um, explanation because I'm all about it. Yeah. My daughter will tell you that uh, how many times have I wrapped my arms around her, given her a big hug and I say, I'm sorry, this is happening. And then step away and say, suck it up, buttercup. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cowgirl up. It's time to move on. Time to go. Time to go. Yeah. So Peggy Lee, I, I believe you started uh, your business, the, the company you keep in 2019. I'm curious about um, how you came to that decision and, you know, sort of for any women who may be at a crossroads in their lives and considering what they're going to do next in their career, or for some of those women who may be entrepreneurial and thinking about doing their own thing, but maybe a little bit um, afraid <laughs> to do so. Right. If you could kind of tell us about how you made that step. You bet. So, you know, I think the key word there is women. I think women are an amazing thing. We are constantly evolving. So, and let me explain that a little bit. You know, we, go to school, we get educations, we go to college, we get a post-secondary education, we start a career, we might get married, we might have kids, then that changes things. We might stay in our careers with children. We might step away from our careers because of our children for a while. We then re-enter the workforce. We're constantly evolving and we're doing that because women inherently, we're wanting to make things good for all of the people around us. And so we change and we shift and we change what is needed for the people around us. And then we get to a point where, as I did in 2019, I was about to turn 50. Um, I had four teenagers and I had kind of been doing a lot of really wonderful things that had made me happy at the time, whether it was Department of Defense with being in the military. I was doing some consulting within education. I was then working um, at an independent school doing some things with an education. But it was at that point where I was like, you know, I'm about to be 50. And I have always wanted to do something that brings all of the worlds that I've been in together. And what does that look like? And when is the right time to make that jump? Well, I hate to say this, but it's never the right time. It's kind of like having a baby, right? It's never the right time. You just do it. And, and your business does become your baby. And it was just one of those things where it was like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And I had had this vision of, you know, I do live in a wonderful community in Huntsville, Alabama with my family. And it's a community that is, you know, every community has the things about it that make it special. And I wanted to take those things that made Huntsville special, take the things that I knew in my world that I thought 
were also special and combine the two and see how they worked within an area that I was comfortable with, which was business development, which meant how can I help another company be better? How do I help them do the things and meet their goals and be better? And so for me, that was making the five industries that I think make Huntsville special, make them work together. And in Huntsville, we've got Department of Defense, very strong contingent. We've got your um, military because of Redstone Arsenal, very strong contingent. We've got nonprofits. We've got post-secondary education with all of the universities and colleges we have. And then we just have your commercial industry, all of which, if you have them working together in some facet, it's like rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, that's been so much fun to combine all of these these enterprises, these pillars that make Huntsville so exciting and see kind of the magic that they can do and how they can grow together. And so that was the catalyst for me was I've always wanted to do this. When am I going to have an opportunity to do this again? Um, And so I just kind of took a leap and the community embraced it and they embraced me and I'm forever grateful, um, which is why I work really hard to give back as well. Um, So it's been scary. And I think, April, I think you can attest to this. Had I known how hard it was going to be in the beginning, I probably wouldn't have done it. And that's why I say to people, and especially to women, there's never going to be a right time. If you're feeling froggy, jump, do it. Because um, you're never going to be completely prepared, just like motherhood. Um, <laughs> so, so take that baby and and run with it, you know? I, I definitely have used that analogy many times, many times. Yeah. And, you know, giving advice <laughs> to women, I'm like, you know, there is no good time. It is like having a baby. And furthermore, whatever this thing is that you're thinking about doing is going to be like raising a child because exactly. it's commitment and, you know, resilience. And, and then and folks time. will say, you know, how do you, well, then how do you balance it out? And then my response to that is there, there's balance. It's called an imbalance because at some point, your business is going to get more attention than your family. And at some point, your family is sometimes going to get more attention than your business. Sometimes your social life, sometimes your personal life, sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes the husband is the one that gets the attention. Sometimes he's not. It's, you know, it, it all comes out in the wash in the end. But to, you know, to feel like at some point that everything in your life has to be getting the same attention at the same time is an impossible pressure that I think we as women put on ourselves. And if we can just embrace the fact that, yeah, it's imbalanced and it's going to be. And don't worry, at some point, you know, the scales are going to tip back to your favor, um, husband or kids or business or employees. So just kind of embracing that too. And so you you already touched on my next question, which is how do you manage, you know, all of these things? It's like, um, you know, you it's not like you get up and go to the same no. place every day or the same job every day. And so yeah. I imagine you're going in a lot of different directions and you're pursuing a lot of different things. You've got a lot of board and community obligations, a yes. wonderful marriage with TJ and four children. I mean, what, what do you do for Peggy Lee to stay sane? Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. That is a great question. I do a lot of outdoor stuff. I'm I'm an outdoors kind of gal, so I love being in the outdoors. Um, I do a lot of reading. That's kind of my decompression, you know, reading about 
um, everything from just the world to um, professional development. That's that's decompression time for me uh, uh, is reading um, and then just spending time with the husband and the kids. I love to do that. Um, if you're talking about being, you know, alone time, what does Peggy do? Um, I do a lot of outdoor stuff and I do a lot of prayer and that brings me peace and comfort and, um, just sets my day off to the right, to the right way. And I, and I enjoy immensely the chaos in a day. Like I love being able to see five different clients in a day, driving to five different places. I don't know what the afternoon is going to bring me. Um, and I, I thrive in that type of environment. And I think in many ways, uh, many of us do because we are used to getting an education at the same time that we're parenting, at the same time that we're working, at the same time we're doing clubs and sporting events for our family, at the same time. You know, we're, we balance so much naturally that before you know it and unconsciously that before you know it, it becomes our normal. And so for me, I thrive in being able to have a day where I'm jumping from an interview to I'm going to go give a lecture to I'm going to go help a client work on a proposal. Um, that's a fun day for me. And so uh, I love that. <laughs> Thriving in the chaos. Mm. Yes, I love it. I love that too. So Peggy Lee, I'm, I'm very curious. You've done so much already in your life, but um, what's next for you? What are your future dreams? Yeah, uh, my future dreams include being able to kind of step back a little bit from um, the business development portion of it and really be able to be in a comfortable place to even do more in the nonprofit sector um, in terms of giving back. Um, we have, my husband and I, TJ, we've really kind of instilled this in our children um, in terms of um, very young, in terms of giving back and doing things for your community. And your community can be as small as your family. It can get bigger in terms of your class at school or your team that you play on sports with. Um, and just being able to pass that on to the next generation. I really believe that, you know, we've got to lift up folks that are behind us. I think we're in great hands with the kids that are coming up behind us. We just have to um, lift them up and, and give them a hand so that they don't struggle as much as we did. And so that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to be able to sit back and take on more of a, um, a nonprofit role and do more for the state of Alabama and just for this great nation that we live in. Um, and maybe be able to do it from a beach. That'd be kind of cool too. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. If you can pull all that out, let me know. Yeah, okay? yeah I'll, I'll keep you. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. I'll be looking for my invitation. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, Peggy Lee has been delightful talking to you. Alabama is so fortunate to have you, and um, I just I appreciate the work that you're doing. the The community work that you do, and if you're looking to work with nonprofits. Momentum is a uh, is is open for business. So <laughs> absolutely, and April, I mean, what you're doing, you know, to to bring all of this to your audience and um, with the with the interviews you do and the shows that you do is just amazing. I mean, it really is, and I feel like um, it was a blessing for us to sit together 
uh, when we met and, um, and I can't wait to see what you continue to do. And, and hopefully uh, you'll allow me to be along for the ride because you're doing some great stuff. Thank you. That really, that means a lot, Peggy Lee. I appreciate it. And next time in Huntsville, I'm in Huntsville, we will get together. Hit me up. I'll show you all the sites. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, April. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.